Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about need versus want and there are two parts to need and want. Um, There is one which is quite sort of obvious based on what we normally talk about which is stuff uh, needs versus wants with regards to the items that we we have and then there's need versus want with language so we're going to talk about both of those elements both of those aspects of need versus want today and first bit will be the stuff and then the second bit will be the the language yeah I think both aspects stuff and language are quite important to understand and to appreciate the difference in the terms. Mm. There's a whole lot more areas you can take this discussion. And when I was doing a bit of looking around online beforehand, I thought, oh, this is like a big black hole that we could <laughs> drop into. There's, we could talk about emotional needs like belongingness and self-esteem and physiological needs like sleep and water and food. But I didn't think that was particularly helpful. We don't need to go there. You can do your own Googling on those kind of things if you want. We want to talk more about stuff and language because they're two things that I think create a lot of clutter either physically or mentally for us. Yeah, and we can fit them into one episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Instead of further um, taking up. We may may go on to do other um, episodes on emotional and physiological needs. Uh, but today, just stuff and language. So let's talk stuff first. So what is the difference, Tara, between need and want? So essentially needs are the elemental things or the most basic things you believe you must have in order to survive. So an actual definition of a need is a requirement or something that you require because it is essential or very important rather than just desirable. So there's that distinction there about it's kind of non-negotiable. So for us, we'd probably think needs, you know, in terms of shelter, food, clothing, they're kind of indispensable. We can pretty much all agree on that, except for maybe the nudists (laughs) might not agree (laughs) that clothing is a need. So yeah, those kind of things. So this is going to give Tara psych school uni class flashbacks Uh, but Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a well-known model uh, for human needs and it is a hierarchy so it's like a pyramid style model um, with our physiological needs our food and our sleep um, and our shelter and then above that is our safety needs uh, and then above that is um, re- relationships and then esteem and then self-actualization is the last one. I don't know. I don't really understand that a great deal. And we probably don't necessarily need to talk about it today. But um, that's probably the area I'm a bit fo- I'm foggiest on when it comes to Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. And look, I think Maslow's hierarchy is probably really critical when you start talking about emotional needs and those kind of things as well. Most of our stuff Mm. needs when we're talking just about stuff would fall somewhere in the physiological stuff like food safety um Mm. and then safety and most of the other things are more start falling into those other kind of emotional needs aspects yeah yeah 
So that's needs in a nutshell. That's the elemental or the essential things that you need in order to survive. Wants are pretty much everything else. Mm. So they're things that aren't imperative, but they satisfy that feeling of yearning, things that you're wishing for. The definition actually for want is something you have a desire to possess or do, something you wish for. Um, But the lines between wants and needs, I think, can be quite blurry because we all have our own perspectives on this and I think we find it really hard to be objective about what falls into which category. It's really funny when when I'm running my workshops and I use shoes as an example of need versus want. And I asked the audience, how many shoes, how many pairs of shoes do we need? And they're all sort of thinking, oh, I don't know, and a few will say five and someone else obviously will joke and say 50 and then everyone laughs. And then I say, okay, you need two, two pairs of shoes. And the women, mostly women in the audience, all gasp in horror <laughs> and say, no, that like I definitely need more than two pairs of shoes. And so that straight away demonstrates the the difference between in our perspective and our perception of a need versus a want because they're saying they need more pairs of shoes but when you look at it from a purely definition perspective they need two pairs of shoes a summer pair and a winter pair to meet those physiological needs so um, to make sure our feet are protected and um, safe and so that's sort of the, the needs met. And then all the other pairs of shoes that we have on top of those two um, are wants because they meet an, an ego need or um, some kind of um, mental or emotional need rather than the physiological need. And so they t- sort of turn into a want after that. Anytime the ego is involved, it turns into a want. And it's quite funny watching people's faces. <laughs> and then I sort of say, don't worry, I don't. I'm not telling you you can only have two pairs of shoes, but it does. It's a good way to differentiate between the real definition of need and want. And I think this can be influenced. Our thoughts about what is a want and what is a need can be really influenced by our family, what we grew up in, the society and cultural norms and values that we've had. Because you learn quite often from your family or from your community what is essential uh, based on modelling from them. And I was trying to think of an example for this and I thought, I was thinking, for me, it's healthcare or like um, the ability to access uh, access private health. Mm. And I might say to myself that that's a need or an essential thing where so many other people would say that's a luxury item or, you know, that the reason I think it's a need is because it's something uh, that is fulfilling my basic physiological needs but actually it's probably just a desire for me to feel safe or secure Mm. and because I've always had that the thought of not having it makes me feel unsafe so it kind of falls over into the category of need for me but if I really picked it apart I don't need that Mm. I just grew up knowing that it was an essential item for my family so I've kind of just taken that on and I think that's it's interesting because when I was trying to think of an example, I was thinking about religious items. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you had a Hindu altar in your house and there were certain things that you have to have as part of that, 
that becomes a need because of your culture and your religion. And so, you know, I might want a little statue of Krishna, but because I'm not Hindu, does that mean that it's not a need? It's only a want. And if I'm a Hindu, does it make it a need because it's part of the culture and the religion? So it really does, like you said, our backgrounds, um, our cultural norms and all of that will actually blur the lines between need and want quite a bit. Uh, But I think that at the core of it all, we know when we sit down and actually ask ourselves the question, is this a need or a want? We know the answer to it for ourselves, don't we? Mm. And so often we will just use the word need to convey something that we really, yeah, really strong want. desire. So, yeah. yeah, but we've got such a strong desire that just saying that we want it doesn't sound like enough. We have to put some more emphasis on it. So it's like we're taking it up the scale of want, off the scale of want, into Mm. need. And we all say these flippant throwaway lines all the time. I need it. I must have it. I can't live without it. And it's like, oh, actually, you can. You just have a very strong desire for it. But we, we say to ourselves and we say to other people, we use the word need all the time. I need it. Mm. I need that beautiful pair of shoes. I can't live without them. I, I must have them. They're a need. But, you know, what we're talking about and when it comes to talking about stuff and clutter and reducing the clutter, you really need to pull those two things apart and recognise yeah. what is a need and what is a yeah. want. And it's not to say that you can't have things that you want. You just need to appreciate that they are a want and not a need. Yeah, and have that have a relationship with them that make that's very clear on that and that you possess your needs on a really intentional basis instead of an automatic and instinctive or um, impulsive basis instead and uh, and that your your wants are well considered wants and that's mm. i mean that and again you don't have to do this but if you have clutter issues and if you want to simplify your life which is why you'll be listening to this podcast then it is definitely important that you differentiate the two so I found this blog post, and I'll put a link to it in our show notes. I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this person's name wrong. Pratik Vasisht, maybe? Uh, he talks about a system of distinguishing wants from needs, which I found pretty helpful to look at. It's like a two-by-two two matrix. So along one axis, you've got want, and along the other axis, you've got need. So there's you know four quadrants. And when you're thinking about your items, they would fall into one of the four quadrants. So um, the bottom corner is low want, low need. And then obviously things that move up one axis might stay being low want, but become high need. Um, Things that move up one axis would become high want and low need. And then you kind of have the pinnacle or the top quadrant, which would be high want and high need. So... For those items, I was trying very hard (laughs) to come up with examples and I found Mm -hmm. some of these really tough. For items that are low want and low need, um, these are things that you should avoid and hopefully if they're low want, they should be easily avoidable. Mm. And so one of the examples I was thinking of um, was freebies or promotional Mm. stuff. You know, quite often you go to an event and they'll be handing out water bottles or tote bags or whatever you didn't want them you didn't have any idea that they were even going to give them out so it wasn't something you were after so there's no want there initially 
Um, there's definitely no need because none of us needs that stuff, but you acquire them anyway. And so they should be really easy things to avoid because there's no desire. What do you think, Bert? Yeah, the, I just thought of an example while you were talking hand-me-downs from other people like they're decluttering stuff like when they rock up at your door mm. and go I've been some decluttering here's some things I've thought you might like <laughs> most of those things are probably low want and low need and same with uh, children's clothes that get handed down um, from other families mm-hmm. they might be they might be low want low need and the other thing which is it's a little bit naughty but a lot of gifts we receive yeah. just in general could be low want or low need as well unfortunately it's nice if you get gifts you actually want, but sometimes you don't. And so, yeah, I think gifts could be another category that could go in there. And that's the problem, that as soon as then someone offers them to you, it's like you let them climb the want scale, mm. don't you? Now that it's on offer, sure, I want it. And it's like, hang on, two minutes ago, this was not even in the realms of possibility. There was zero on that want scale. Yeah. Now that you've laid your eyes on it, you want it. So it's that whole... Yep working out uh whether it was something you've wanted for a long time well actually um discounted shopping as well is another one so it's Mm. something that you just buy because it's 50 percent off you don't have a need for it yet and you didn't really even want it until you saw that it was 50 percent off but you bought it anyway and thought maybe i'll find a use for it Uh, so that's another category too oh I should write want versus need on the top of my shopping list because quite often I don't have chocolate on my shopping list, but then I walk past it. (laughs) Chocolate doesn't count, Tara. Chocolate is a need. (laughs) Everyone knows that, dude. Yeah, it's a basic uh, element. It should be on every shopping list that you write. I think it doesn't make a shopping list because I'll come home with it (laughs) whether I put it on there or not. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so what's um, the next quadrant? So, so the next quadrant, low want, high need. These things kind of are a bit annoying, really. Yes. Um, usually there's longer-term benefits. We don't necessarily want them, but uh, they become – or they're essential things for our survival, I guess. I couldn't think of actual stuff to fit here. Maybe you've got uh, some more ideas. But I was thinking of things like going to the gym for health. There's not much – want quite often Mm. to go and exercise or whatever unless you're doing something that's more of a a hobby but there's a high need there you want to stay healthy it's important for your health so it might be low want high need going to bed early for rest for me that's low want high need um eating healthy uh insurances and taxes as well i wondered if they fell into this category because quite often there can be high need or higher need um, maybe not right at the top. Mm. Um, they're not necessarily things you want. You don't want to pay your tax, but if you're going to exist in society, it's a pretty high need. Uh, can you think of any other yeah, stuff? There'd things? be some medical supplies. Um, so like some of your medications, <laughs> you might not mm-hmm. want to take them, but you need to take them. And maybe sort of, you know, like insulin or or heart medication, you might have to eat something that you know you don't really like because it's keeping you alive or something like that it but even it could even go as far as to put your car in that category because i know that there's been times where i've thought it would be really nice if we could just be a one car family and help the environment but then i think about how 
impossible that is <laughs> with uh, mm-hmm. with regards to the logistics of my life and so you know I kind of think I don't really I really do want to have only one car and so I don't want this car but I need this car so I would put maybe sometimes a car in that category as well um yeah okay, sure. I just bought some new trainers last week or um exercising shoes runners because my old ones I loved 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 and wore them to the point where they got a hole in them and I was like, okay, it's, it's time. So I was like, well, that's low want in terms of, oh no, it's probably high want. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't really want to spend more money yeah. on trainers and I really love my old trainers, but actually it was reaching a point of need because my old ones weren't uh, functional anymore. Yeah. I guess the issue is then, I need. I probably needed new trainers. I didn't necessarily need to spend as much as I did on the new trainers. That's probably where then the high want yeah. came into the, it. The type that um, you wanted to replace them with was the want. The actual trainers themselves was the need, but the type was the want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought about uniform as well. People oh, yeah. that wear uniform for work. Yeah. Um, that's probably low want but high need yeah. if you want the employment. Still cap and boots. books. For study. So if you're at uni, I don't know if they have books anymore. Back in my day, we used to have to buy. I think they still do have big, thick, fat, expensive textbooks that change every year so that you can't even, right, pass them on. Mm. So I thought there might be a few things like that. Low want, high need. But, um, yeah, I found that quadrant a little tricky. Mm. Uh, This one, so easy. High (laughs) want, low need. This is most of the stuff that clutters our house. Um, When you look at these things, you really need to evaluate their importance longer term. Mm. Um, Quite often these are attractive items that in many cases just become completely superfluous or are completely superfluous to our needs. So this list could have gone on forever, but um, (laughs) things like a new phone, this is what I'm struggling with. My old one works fine, but I'd really like a new one. There's there's zero need here. You've been talking about that for like a year. You're doing well. You're holding out well. Mm. Yep. I don't know how much longer I can hold out, but I'm trying. New cars, like upgrading cars. If you've got an old car that still works fine and is functional, but you just want the latest thing. And I think it's not, I mean, it's not just phones and cars. It's lots of stuff, clothes Mm. and, you know, following trends. Yeah, following trends Um, is a huge reason why people make purchases when they're unnecessary because they already have something that works just fine, but it's not trendy anymore or it doesn't have the attributes of the newer version so yeah the upgrade becomes a need and we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment we would love to take this opportunity to give a shout out to our wonderful patreon supporters that we're so happy to have so thank you very much amy rochelle claylee elizabeth and shannon for supporting us through patreon if you would like to join these people in supporting our podcast we would love you to head to our website click the patreon link and you will help cover some of the costs of producing our podcast and most importantly keep it coming to you every week ad free right now back to the discussion so pretty much anything that we buy in excess is usually high want, low need. So clothing, we would say, is a need, but mm. excess clothing is high want, low need. Um, yeah, like one coat is a necessity. Clothing? But yeah, 
Yeah, mm. and one coat is a necessity, but seven are um, the, the other six are all wants. Mm. Um, and yeah, a lot of the I think when you look around your homes or your offices or wherever you are, uh, a lot of the clutter could fall into this category. It's high want, or mm. it was high want at the time of purchasing, uh, yeah. and low need. And then the last category, I found this one. Uh, almost impossible as well. High want, high need. I feel like everything that we need is stuff we don't want. Uh, but I, ideally, things would fall in this category. It'd be great if everything that you that was a high want was a high need. Well, okay. So your bed, if you've got a particular attachment to a type of bed that could become both a want and a need. So like a, a sentimental bed frame. Is that a good example of high want, high need, or not? Um, I don't. I mean, you need a bed. Do you need hmm. a bed? Maybe you need a bed. You, you need, need something to sleep on. But this is the and this is where it gets really murky. I think because quite often then there's a basic need like something to sleep on, and then our want just takes it over and turns it into some deluxe, hmm. luxurious with you know. Um, four thousand thread count sheets. So are you and, saying you know, that like it becomes the high want almost kind of negates the the, the high need, and that as soon yeah, as something becomes like high it's... want, it's no longer high need, or can it still be both? <sighs> I guess it could still be both. Mm. I just find it hard because a lot of the things that I think of as high need are essential items, which I guess I feel like I I'm required to purchase rather than I want to purchase you know what I mean okay so here's an example Ethan my kids laptops so they were a necessity for school like you had to buy a laptop there was mm-hmm. no choice I mean there, there are choices for people with hardship but for the rest of us there's no choice you buy this laptop and you had to buy their laptop couldn't buy a cheaper version and so that was a that was a need like we if we wanted the kids to go to that school we needed to buy that laptop and but at the same time they they love having a laptop they love having that because they can also load their other stuff on it you know so Ethan has got his photo editing software on there which he loves to use in as a hobby so I think that you know in that case that becomes a high need high want um, thing as well I think um, computers depending on the level that which you get but computers can be necessary for people to earn money so then I find that a need but then they're also great fun as well so they become a want too yeah I think that's a really good example I, I mean we should be highly motivated to pursue anything that falls in this category um the other thing I was wondering about is things that bring us deep joy or um yeah. support our mental health so mental I wondered health. about like hobbies so for example your bullet journal I think that would be high want, high need because it's something that you really enjoy. It brings you great satisfaction. It's probably good for your mental health as well to have a space to do that. It keeps you organised. Um, but it's also something that that you want to do. It's a, it's a hobby. It's, a, it's an interest. It's like a passion project. So I feel like there could be some things like that. Mm. Yeah. And and again, there's, there's, there's grey areas too though because – I do I do need that to function <laughs> effectively, but I don't need the $40 version of the journal though. Yes. 
So I sort of, I, I blur a little bit there and it becomes a mixture because I, there is a high need for a journal and there's a high want for that particular brand of journal. And so they, they do blend a little bit uh, there as well. So I, if, it, if it was to be, if it was to be low want, high need, it would be a really ratty journal or like a plain old notepad that I don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but it's a journal, so it meets that, that high need. So that would then become a low want, high need. For, so when it's a high want, high need, it, it's then a, a fancier brand of journal um, that, that I prefer to get so that it, it meets some wants that I have around performance and convenience and appearance. Yeah, and I guess that's a really nice way to look at it, that if you've got something that's a high need, if you can find that it's a high want as well, you might be able to acquire it with a bit more joy. Mm, yeah, and use it with a bit more joy, yeah. But if it's just if it's a need, if it's a high need and a low want, you're not going to enjoy using it as much, but at least you have it. Yeah. Financial security was a bit of an intangible thing that I thought kind of falls in mm. this quadrant. I mean, it's not something you purchase as such but um something that you might want to attain i guess and health as well would fall into this category and i guess a few things surrounding health so maybe my trainers Mm. did fall into this category they were definitely high need and by choosing the brand that i liked they became high want as well um uh, so it probably increases your motivation to you know acquire them then if you can find something that's in that category so and the your runners were only high need because you run See, they wouldn't be a high need for me because <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't, you know, exercise in them. So I think that, again, that's a situational thing that, um, you know, if you do run and you run for your health and your mental well-being, then runners do become a need. If you don't use them, they're not a need. So for me, they're, they're not a need. Yeah, and so the issue is, I mean, we can't transpose one person's needs onto another person's needs but at the same time we have to be really careful that we don't justify everything that we want as as a need need. yeah exactly it's i think it's really important to distinguish between these two things want and need and whether you plot them on some kind of um two by two matrix or whether you just think about it on a spectrum of want to need i think it's really important to think about it in terms of budgeting and saving if that's a goal that you've got and you're trying to save some money Working out what is essential and what is not is really important. Oh, definitely. A a relative of mine worked for a while as a financial counsellor. She did have a client once who was getting um, letters of eviction. And so um, she was very, very far behind on her rent and was going to be evicted and so came to see this relative as a financial counsellor for help. And so my relative said to this woman, okay, so let's see if we can cut down on any of your expenses so that we can find more money to pay the rent. And so she said, all right, you're, you're spending, you know, $70 a month on Foxtel. So let's remove that so that, you know, that can go towards the rent. And the woman refused. She said, no, I need Foxtel. And so it's really, and, 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 and my relative said, but you need a house to live in. like you. you yeah. and, Where and are you person. watching Foxtel yeah, if you're living yeah. on the street? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, and it was, it was that it was, and she, this woman, would, she refused. She said, no, we'll find, go uh, we'll ask the charities for money instead or something like that. She would not let go of a Foxtel. And, and so that, that woman, um, her interpretation of need and want was really unhelpful for her because it was going to get her evicted. 
Mm. And it's funny how much stuff we take for granted and we assume is a need, even like a TV, not even yeah. Foxtel, but a TV. No, that's not essential to your survival. You know, yeah. when it comes down to it, you can exist without a TV. So just because you've always had something or always done something mm. doesn't make it a need. Um, yeah. And I think recent um, scenarios, people being in isolation because of coronavirus has made people question a few of the things that they've always done or always purchased. Um, you know, think people having takeaway every Saturday night was it became is a, a need for a lot of people. That's that's something they do. And then it's like when it wasn't available, when they had to cook at home, they're like, oh, it's not essential for my survival. My takeaway coffee in the morning on the way to work is not essential for my survival. There's a lot of things. It kind of stripped a lot of stuff back and people are like, actually, I need a lot less than I thought I did. Mm. Yeah. It's it's good for us to go through those experiences where we, we do that. I, w- w- one example for, for me is just when that the – the moment I decide I didn't need to iron my clothes anymore. <laughs> and it's like, you know, or, or, and you can go on a holiday as well. And I, I'm sure other people have experienced this, but when you holiday somewhere where people live in abject ab, ab, poverty and you see this and then you come home to this blessed country where we have just, we really take for granted how much we have. And that can change our perspective on need and want as well because we've seen how people can survive happily on far less than what we perceive as a need and um, travel is really good at changing that perspective for us as well and if you can't travel there's plenty of docos that look at you know communities that survive with so much less than what we have and we've talked about this before quite often the joy their joy seems to be through the roof they seem a whole lot happier than we are yeah which is why we encourage people to simplify because that simple life does have those emotional benefits for sure. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the crux of this is when you start figuring out what is a want and what is a need, you realise that a lot of the wanting and um, desiring to acquire stuff is actually not essential and that's what's holding you back. You are always looking at your life and your future from a position mm. of lack and it's um it's not helpful at all it's not great for your mm. mental health and you think well so i spend my whole life wanting things you know why not um start appreciating what i've got and i guess the other reason that we've talked before that it's important to distinguish between these two things for budgeting and saving but also to avoid clutter so whether you have mm. decluttered and you want to avoid getting in the situation again or you just have a lot of clutter Asking yourself the question, where does this item fall on that spectrum? Is it a need? Is it a want? Is it somewhere in between? Quite often, just delaying the purchase mm. will reduce reduce the want. I know, I'm pretty sure it's one of the minimalists has a rule about this where it's something like uh, him and his partner have decided if it's anything that costs more than $100, they will wait 30 days before they purchase it. Um, so, you know, not including like, I guess, groceries or petrol mm. or anything like that. Mm. But if it's, a, if it's a piece of clothing, if it's a bit of technology, if it's something like that. And then so if after 30 days they still want it as much as they did a month ago, they will purchase it. But I guess it becomes a whole lot more intentional then 
Um, so you could possibly, if you struggle with need versus want and just acquiring because you want a lot of things, maybe you could set some rules around mm. prices and, and delaying the purchase time. And avoiding promotions because promotions generate need. They move things, generate want. Sorry, they turn things from want to need uh, or they amplify the want because you might not have wanted something but you see it in a catalogue or you get it on an email and it's on sale and then all of a sudden you want it and you didn't want it until you got that email. So if you can avoid going to cheap places, if you can avoid going to sales unless you have a specific need to to meet at that sale uh, or if you can avoid getting promotional emails and things like that, that will reduce the amount of stuff that comes in based on need alone, uh, based on want alone as well. Um, one way that you can help yourself to cope with the feeling because quite often we're not very good at sitting with the feeling of wanting something without getting it. Mm. Um, quite often we feel better when we feel like we're on the path to getting it. One of the things you can do to help with that is to just have gratitude for what you've got already because a lot of the stuff that you have were all things that you've wanted previously that you've already owned um, or acquired and now that you've got them it's like you've stopped appreciating them and you're turning your Mm. attention to the next thing that you want so maybe sometimes you need to pause look around you uh, and think about what you've already got. Yeah, maybe maybe one of the conditions, maybe you could make another rule for yourself that every time you want something, you need to write down 10 things that you're grateful for having or try and use 10 things that you have before you're allowed to buy that the new thing. That might sort of help as well. Because mm, quite often you own things that many years or many months ago you dreamed of having and now you've got them, you just keep moving the goalposts. So... Mm you never take the time to stop and look around and go, oh, I actually got what I wanted. It's not yeah. that I don't have what I wanted. It's just that I, now I want more or I want yeah. different. Yeah. And you're, it's for, for you and I, for you, it's your phone. For me, it's my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're sort of, you know, fighting against the, the want to upgrade your phone. And, and I was going to get a new car this year and we were going to – and Zoe was going to buy mine. And that sort of with coronavirus – and our income dropping and no driving lessons available for Zoe to take her test. We haven't, that hasn't happened. And I've been sort of occasionally I'll, I'll look at my car and I remind myself of how in love with it I was when I got it 10 years ago and why I loved it so much. And if I give it a clean, you know, that helps me love it again. <laughs> so giving it a bit <laughs> yeah. of a wash and, and taking care of it and then I can love it again and I can then think, no, it's okay that I don't have a new car. You know, it's, it's fine. I'm okay. And um, I think that, yeah, appreciating what you have really does, it really does help you. Yeah, no, just notice things. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about decluttering and decision-making being a bit like a muscle. And I feel like mm. noticing things or recognising things uh, around you is a bit like a muscle as well. And not mm. just things you already own, but things that you can see and you recognise their beauty and then don't attain it. You appreciate it and then you walk away. So if you try and strengthen that muscle. So an easy way to do this, I think, is to go to an art gallery because chances are you're not going to buy any of the art on the wall, maybe not the first time anyway, or go to a really expensive art gallery <laughs> that you can't afford. Yeah. And go, go to one and... that doesn't have a gift shop. <laughs> yeah. um, and appreciate 
the beautiful things that are are there enjoy the experience and then walk out and that's a really nice way to say look i i got something from the uh experience or i appreciated the beauty but i didn't need to attain it um mm. then you could try doing the same walking around the shop so you can maybe go shopping and not take your credit card take enough for parking um and a coffee if you need mm. a coffee <laughs> and um but walk around the shops give you set yourself a timer for half an hour or an hour walk around and look at things touch them hold them and don't buy them put them down and go gosh that's that's beautiful i love that and then pop it down and keep walking um and it becomes like a muscle the more you start looking and admiring things without buying them uh the more you realize that you can actually do it and then usually within 24 hours that want that you had when you saw it in the shop has disappeared anyway unless it was a want that you had before you got there it doesn't stick with you so that's about it for need versus want on stuff can you think of anything we haven't covered there Beck? Uh, no no I, I think we've covered it all so need versus want uh when we decided we were going to do an episode on this it sparked a little bell in my head because um it's something i quite often talk about with my clients to do with language that they use and i just wanted to touch on this about using in your personal life the term need and the term want when you use the word need to describe something it's really disempowering language uh, it implies that whatever it is that you need to own or need to do has been predetermined by an external person or a situation and beyond what we were saying before about essential things for survival um it's more I use this, you know, with clients when they're talking about things that they should do or get done. So some examples are I need to exercise, I need a haircut, I need to stop smoking, I need to rewrite my resume, um, you know, those kind of things. I need to get married, I need a new car, Beck. <laughs> you know, um, I, I need, I need. Uh, and it's almost like when you use that word need, you give away the power. It's like it's pre-decided or it's agreed or established by someone else or there's an expectation that you are now required to live up to and it gives you no choice. So I feel like when you use the word need, you're putting yourself in a place of non-conformity uh, or you're suggesting that you're not currently meeting a universally held or fixed expectation. So it becomes really demoralizing and I don't think we appreciate how often we use it. We say, oh, I need to do this, I need to cook dinner, I need, I need. And it feels like we're always coming from a place of lack where we're not measuring up, we're not doing enough. Hearing the word need in that way <laughs> takes me back to being a kid a bit and hearing my parents tell me that I need to tidy my room or I need to brush my hair. There's no option to not do it. It was a need. There was like a sense of powerlessness. It was just this fixed requirement. And we do this to ourselves all the time is we use the word need and feel disempowered by it. So what I try and encourage my clients to do is to swap that and where you would say need, say want when you're talking about an activity because wanting someone, something, uh, wanting to achieve something is really empowering. So it talks about your hope to attain, takes away the external expectation or any kind of preset idea about the item or the state that you desire, but it says that you're seeking something and then you're choosing to pursue it. So if you think about stuff that you say, I need to, try saying I want to because it feels more empowering and then you feel like you own your choice. So I want to exercise, I want a haircut, I want to stop smoking. 
And quite often it can push you into a place where you feel more motivated to achieve that then. Um, there's other words you can use as well. Instead of saying, I need to cook dinner, you know, say, I, I think it's important to cook dinner or cooking dinner is important um, and I really want to start doing that now because you just feel like then you own your choice. And when you feel like you've got ownership of something, you're much more likely to follow through uh, and carry a, a positive attitude. Does that all make sense, Beck? Yes, and it's a really good reminder to me because while you were talking, I was just thinking, oh, I've, I've forgotten to do this. You know, it's something that I've tried to tell myself to do in the past, but I've it's sort of fallen off my radar. So I love this reminder. Thank you. There's a lot of things at the moment I'm complaining about needing to do and having to do, even even in saying I should, you know, shooting all over myself. Yeah, should and is terrible. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah. And I think that this will be really helpful for me just to reframe the way I'm feeling at the moment because I am feeling a little overwhelmed. And I think if I reframe it and I say, look, I want to do this because this is what I'm going to gain from it, uh, that will be that will help me feel less overwhelmed, I think. Mm, That's really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. So I guess that the key takeaways from today, the need versus want, we've want you to start asking yourself when you're acquiring something if it's a need or a want on that spectrum be really aware of this uh, and where items fall just to become more intentional intentional about what you're bringing into your house and also just mm-hmm. keep an eye on your language and a lot of the time it's internal it's not necessarily even spoken but try and use mm-hmm. a more empowering word like want or is important to rather or than I choose need. to Mm. so hopefully you found something useful in today's episode if you've got some more ideas on what falls into the need and want categories please come and join us in our community and share them with us and we look forward to chatting to you again next week thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.